This is episode number 54 with the VP of Franchise Development for Floor Coverings International, Mark Titcomb. Welcome to the Path to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Wes Barefoot, where it's my mission to help aspiring entrepreneurs and existing business owners take control of their lives and create freedom for themselves through business ownership. Each episode, I'll be exploring the strategies and tactics of other successful entrepreneurs that have created freedom in their own lives while sharing what I'm learning along my own path to freedom. I'm glad you're here. Let's drop in. Before we drop into the episode, a quick message from our sponsor, 919 Marketing. I've worked with 919 Marketing for years and there's no one I trust more with my marketing needs in any of our businesses. I've worked with them in our franchise businesses, in my consulting business. I've worked with them on the franchisor side. And I love working with 919 because they take the time to listen. They take the time to understand what it is I'm looking to accomplish through my marketing, who I'm trying to reach, and then they help me put a plan together to do just that. I've worked with tons of marketing companies over the years, and too often it's a one-size-fits-all approach, but not with 919 Marketing. In addition to that, they've developed some amazing technology called 919 Insights, franchising's first and only AI-powered analytics platform. With 919 Insights in place, 919 Marketing can identify the exact topics that matter to your franchise candidates and provide the specific roadmap to help your brand become the highest ranking and most trusted resource when they're searching for answers. So if you're ready to start getting better results from your marketing, and if you want a free demo of 919 Insights, reach out to Graham Chapman at 919-459-8157 or send them an email at gchapman at 919marketing.com to schedule your free demo today. So whether you're a franchisor, a franchisee, or just getting started in your first franchise business, make sure to check out 919 Marketing and tell them West Barefoot sent you. Now. Let's drop into the episode. All right, we are getting ready to step on the gas and floor it with my guest today, Mark Titcomb. Mark is currently the VP of Franchise Development for Floor Coverings International, which is part of the First Service Brands portfolio of franchise companies. Mark brings years and years and years of experience in the franchising industry. He's been a franchise owner. He's an equity stakeholder in Floor Coverings International, and the advice, the experience that he shares today is invaluable for anyone that's considering getting into business ownership for themselves, as well as any existing business owner out there that's simply looking for ways that they can continue growing their business and ultimately accomplishing the vision that they have for their lives. In fact, Mark talks quite a bit about how important it is as an entrepreneur to not only establish that vision, but to never lose sight of it and how that can help business owners get through 
some of the the tough times that they're inevitably going to experience in their business. So definitely want to tune in for some of that great advice. Mark also goes into great detail about the Floor Coverings International Franchise Opportunity, how they've disrupted the market that they're in, and also why some of these home service franchise businesses have been having explosive growth even through the pandemic that we've all been experiencing, and what his outlook is for not only floor coverings, but home service franchise businesses going forward. So this episode is jam-packed full of value. Mark's one of the most enthusiastic, passionate people that you're ever going to hear from. So let's go ahead and drop in with Mark Titcomb. a lot of people listening uh, are, are familiar with you because I do have a lot of people that are involved in franchising that tune into the podcast. So you've been in franchising for a long time. You know pretty much everyone. But for those listening that may not be familiar uh, with you and kind of your story, maybe kick us off by just telling us what do you do right now? And then I'd love to hear some of your backstory of how you got into franchising and how you got to, to the place that you are today. Oh, for sure, Wes. Thank you. And that I absolutely love this forum, by the way, in this format. You do a great job with this. So I hope this can help some folks uh, as it's helped my wife and I, Karen and I. Um, uh, so my background, well, first of all, my role is vice president of franchise development at Floor Coverings International. Yep. Um, I have equity here. I always point that out because as owners, you know, you own your future. Yep. Uh, you're either going to build towards your own dream or build someone else's, right? Yeah, As yeah. An employee. So I've been a big believer in having equity and a stake in it. And that's really how things started for me back. And it really is interesting because it's the genesis, if you will, of FS brands, first service brands. Yep. For your listeners and watchers, the symbol on that is FSV, Frank, Sam, Victor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can go into Google and look at the trajectory of those brands back to June of 15. Um, but I got started West much, much earlier than that, even though I don't, I don't look that old. Um, <laughs> I, uh, started when I was a kid, uh, with college pro painters, many yep. folks watching this, listening to this will know the college pro brand, uh, that bumblebee that managed to fly. Yeah. I was part of that, that story. And then evolved, if you will, into the Certipro painter mm-hmm. story. That mm-hmm. was a big part of my story. I was there 18 years, uh, myself and uh, just a few others, six others who had equity, took that brand from $30 million, And then with the help of some fantastic franchise owners and staff that joined, uh, we grew to half a billion last year with Certipro painters. Absolutely incredible. That's huge. Um, and, and Wes, when you do my job, you know, eventually you're out of a job, right? You, be, you bring great franchise owners into these great markets. And uh, so as that started to happen, um, I took an around-the-world trip with my girls. Karen and I did. So uh, cool. Unreal opportunity, 17 countries. And during wow. that time, we – yeah. Uh, during that time, we decided, you know what? Floor Coverings International was going to be uh, that last big chapter – in the book across 27 years now in franchising. Um, and here I am. So I love that story for a number of reasons. One, I love, you know, hearing how you got into franchising so early. It's, it's always, when I talk to people that, that are involved in franchising and have been for quite some time, I love hearing how they got into it because 
you know, for a lot of people, same for myself, I fell backwards into it. I didn't know the first thing about franchising when I got into it, but you very rarely talk to someone that gets into franchising and then gets out. Right. Once people get in, it's, they get hooked. I mean, it it was that way for me. So college pro painters, I've talked to so many people that have gone on to have amazing success in franchising that college pro painters was kind of the start for them. I mean, one of my best friends and mentors uh, did college pro painters when, when he was in college. Um, So that's cool. And so give us a little more perspective on, because I I love that you pointed out that you have equity too, right? Because I think being in a role that you're in where it's kind of your job to, to help people understand now the floor coverings international business model and, and help them figure out if it could be a good fit for them and and vice versa. It's a mutual evaluation. Um, But I, I think a lot of people would probably look at you and say, well, Mark, if this is such a good business, why don't you own it? And, and you can, kind of say, well, well, I do. Right. And, and not just as a franchisee, but you have equity in the, the whole kit caboodle. Right. So, but give us some, a little more perspective on first service brands. You mentioned that earlier sure. because college pro painters is now part of first service brands. If I remember correctly, Certa right. pro correct. is as well. And, and four coverings international is part of that. So give us kind of, uh, you know, a, a better idea of what first service brands is and how floor coverings fits into all of that. Wes, that's a great point. You know, and, and one thing you'd, you'd mentioned a moment ago that I, I didn't point out and should have is even though Karen and I started when we were just kids as entrepreneurs, um, didn't have two pennies to scratch together, right? Yeah. At every stage of life, when, when we were about to have kids, uh, now that my girls are about to enter college, you know, there's always been reason when we probably shouldn't have gotten into a franchise, but we have these dreams, right? Like around the world travel, paying the home off, um, retiring early that have pushed us to not succumb to the fear, right? And the, the, the reasons, false evidence appearing real fear, Mm -hmm. um, that might prevent us from uh, driving and pushing for those dreams. So at every stage we've invested in opportunities, um, that, you know, because we are so inspired to do so, because we had purpose, we had a vision of what That's we were right. achieving. Now, back to your question about first service brands. So like you were mentioning, Wes, there were so many of us as young people in college that wanted more than a summer internship, wanted more than, you know, working at, you know, Moe's or Subway or, you know, sure. you know other things that were, were sort of pedestrian um, that wanted to run our own business. Um, and so that started first service brands. Um, the Floor Coverings International. And over time, we've acquired California Closets. We've yeah. acquired Paul Davis. Uh, we started Serta Pro Painters. So painting is what put us in a position now to have this multi-billion dollar franchise system that's publicly traded. Right. Which, yeah. by the way, gives us pockets, access to money. Like as an example, last year, we were able to invest over $3 million with Salesforce. Wow. Who does that in the middle of a pandemic, right? <laughs> right. Uh, we'll get into why that is with, you know, COVID and the incredible opportunity that's come. Yeah. Yet we had to make that investment, right? We were staring at an opportunity and we had the ability to do so being publicly traded. So that's a little bit on the evolution. Uh, literally, the start was back in 1972 in Thunder Bay, Ontario. That's where College Pro launched. And that was really the beginning of this 
brand and this family of brands we have today. Yeah, well, and and for those that are you know in the franchising world, first service brands is is an absolute powerhouse, and and I want to get in you know, to a little more detail about the floor coverings, international business yeah. and, and kind of what sure. that franchise opportunity looks like. And then also, you know, tie into that. Why would it be so beneficial as an individual franchisee, you know, with floor coverings international to then be part of this kind of larger family of brands? Cause that's something that uh, really does, you know, carry a lot of weight with it. So I'd, I'd love to hear you oh, speak sure. to that, but, but before you do like circling back, I, I love what you said about how, you know, through these different chapters of your life, you and your family have been willing to, you know, take risk and push past the fear. And and with that comes getting out of your comfort zone, right? Because, you know, along yeah. the way, you've had success, you've probably been very comfortable in your life, but you've been willing to say, hey, we still have this vision that we're trying to create. So we've got to go get uncomfortable again, and and keep building. And for, for me personally, it's a little refreshing to hear because we're very much in that that building phase right now. We launched our second franchise business uh, earlier this year with a two-month-old. And so there's been plenty of days where my wife and I have looked at each other and said, what the hell were we thinking? This is crazy. Right. But it's never losing sight of that vision, that, that bigger picture that we're working towards. And so I think that mindset is so key and, and it, you know, the vision can be different for, for other people. Our vision doesn't have to be the same for others. I mean, we're, we're literally trying to build a portfolio of franchise companies where we can help homeowners with virtually anything they need around their house, right? Yeah. But, but that yeah. vision doesn't have to be someone else's vision. But to, to accomplish what you want to accomplish, you never have to lose sight of that vision because there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be peaks and valleys. And in the valleys, sometimes you lose sight of, of what you're working towards. And so that that can help you push forward. So I, I appreciate you sharing uh, some of that experience because I, I, I think it's very valuable for, for others out there listening to hear um, and, and, and to keep in mind. So that that I really appreciated. But tell us about Floor Coverings International. Like, what does the business do? Yeah. Obviously, you guys work with flooring. That's that's evident through the name. But how are you different from other flooring companies? Um, yeah. Give us kind of the, the 30,000 foot view. Well, and, and Wes, I'm glad you stressed just just a moment ago there the importance of having dreams that that you are making reality. Because, you know, Winston Churchill said years ago, things are never as good or as bad as they appear to be, right? Yeah, and yeah. we had to remind ourselves of that last spring, a year ago, as we were in what my youngest daughter calls deep COVID. And yet we had this incredible wind, tailwind coming in. Uh, so as you asked about Floor Coverings International, Wes, for Karen and I, and I do include Karen in this conversation because, man, you have to, right? You have to include your spouse in Absolutely. your journey and the, and the conversations as you look at opportunities. Karen and I have always been, always wanted to be uh, disruptors, of course, right? Who doesn't want to be disrupting? You don't want to be disrupted, right? Absolutely, and yeah. With, you know, with the Amazon effect, if you will, of, of devices and convenience and the and as, as, a, as a result of that, retail, right? Uh, kind of going by the wayside in a lot of ways. Um, Karen and I even saw this back as many of us did back in 2016, that this wasn't just a fad, right? Right. This yeah. wasn't just a passing fancy. Um, 
we saw that as a way of getting on the front of things and, and also being disruptive. Now, Wes, across FS Brands, FS Brands stands for first service brands. So yep. every one of our concepts, California Closet, Certipro, Floor Coverings International, we're disrupting first, recognizing like these guys here at Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. Recognizing mm-hmm. that it's the experience that's your real product. Right? Disney's yes. figured that out. Certainly Steve Jobs knew that. Um, all the Chick-fil-A, right? It's oh, yeah. the experience that's your real product. So that's one of the most special things about first service and all of our brands is everything we do is through that lens or optics that it's the customer experience that drives us. Now, with that and the Amazon effect, if you will, we move to mobility. And believe it or not, right about the time Amazon was emerging, 2007 and 8, before the Great Recession, you might remember Amazon was getting started. Mm-hmm. They were underwater. They weren't profitable for the yeah. longest time because yeah. they were smart, mm-hmm. investing in technology and fleet and infrastructure. We were um, really driving this brand with mobility and thriving through the Great Recession of all times. Okay, mm-hmm. um, So we, we moved to mobility and bringing the store to her door, which – in and of itself isn't that novel, right? There are companies that bring samples out to sure. the home, not thirty five hundred, okay, <laughs> and right. not right, and not a genuine again customer experience led system that engages her and consults with her in the home like she'd have in her very best showroom somewhere that's in right her community. Um, so that's been disruptive, the way we've brought the store to her door. And then thirdly, uh, much like you know Berkshire Hathaway recognized, by the way, they own Shaw, the largest yeah. carpet right manufacturer. Yep. Um, Berkshire Hathaway's invested more with Shaw, they own it, in the last year than at any other time. Interesting. Okay? Yeah. We're partners with Shaw, and we're partners with, Am- with Armstrong, the two biggest and best. Okay. Um, and so that's given us obvious advantage of speed, pricing, and education. Mm. So we're able to pass that along to the customer, a better customers and educated customers. So those are disruptive points that really resonated with Karen and I as we meet a basic need that we always have. It's a need and a want. We want our home to look great. Yep. We need it, right? Yeah. To look good. So that reality over 27 years, and you can see since 2015, what first for service has been on a trajectory, just meeting that need better than others. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting business model to me. I mean, for all the reasons you just mentioned, it's very disruptive. So you know, Floor Coverings International basically would be able to offer a, a client, and you guys work with both residential homeowners as well as commercial clients, right? Correct. Um, Correct. So you'd be able to offer a client essentially any type of flooring that they could go get through the more traditional means, right? Go and walk the floors of, you know, flooring outlets or, you know, go to some of the big box stores, but you're bringing it to them, right? So it's it's all about that client experience that that that's convenience for one. But I think, you know, what you guys also are able to do is is one take a lot of the guesswork out. I mean, I know yeah. we we just remodeled a, a building that we bought last year, and literally the flooring aspect of it was the biggest pain. 
And right. you're going to give me grief because I didn't call the local floor coverings international franchisee. I should have. I'm admitting that now. <laughs> I was that guy that was like, nah, we can save some money. We're going to cut some corners. I've got a friend of a friend that says he can install this flooring. So we're going to go buy it at a discount like flooring outlet. And long story short, it was a disaster. I basically had to pay to get it done twice. I had to go back and get more product because the first guy messed it up. It was a disaster, right? So yeah, I, I very clearly see the value and in, in what Floor Coverings International does uh, after having that experience. And, and so I think what you talk about it and, and with these service businesses is that experience piece is so key. You know, I talk to people and, you know, you mentioned CertiPro painters, right? I mean, I literally had a guy the other day that I'm talking to and he he's, you know, he looked at Bojangles, he looked at like, you know, KFC and some of these things. And, and we're talking and, and in talking, he tells me that he has a, a contracting business. And so yeah. I kind of take the conversation towards some of these service brands that I work with. And why don't we look at this? Why don't we explore some potential complementary businesses to a business that you already own? And, and, and I brought up, something about painting. And he said, well, what's, what's franchisable about painting? And I looked at him and said, what's franchisable about fried chicken? And, and he didn't really have a, and I said, it's the, it's all about the experience, right? There's only so right. many ways to paint a house. There's only so many ways right. to lay flooring. Um, it's not that a, a good franchise has this proprietary, you know, they've reinvented the will of how to, you know, provide these services. It's all about right. the experience the client gets. And that's why personally we've invested in these types of home service kind of home improvement businesses, because the bar is set pretty low from a consumer expectation standpoint with a great franchise, you're getting good systems and processes. You're getting some of the other things that you mentioned, you know, buying power. So better pricing, good partnerships. Uh, but all of that leads to one thing, which is a better client experience. And, and that's, that's why these businesses, in my opinion, are so, uh, so appealing, even though it's surface level, it's like, okay, well, what's franchisable about flooring or painting or, or shelving? So I, I think that's a good, a really good point that you make. Um, what else, I mean, for, for people listening out there, what else should they know sure. about, about Floor Coverings International? Well, Wes, it, I'm so pleased you asked that because I was just thinking this a second ago. Um, I want to ask you you this question. You're going to answer for your listeners, okay? Because certainly right. there's also a lot of men watching mm -hmm. or listening to your podcast. Um, inside the home, us guys, okay, married men, what really do we have influence over when it comes to inside the home? There's one thing in particular. Yeah, you're shaking your head because there ain't much. Right? I can't think of much, no. <laughs> there's one thing in the home, it's usually in our living room, that we'll have some say over. Do you know what it is? TV. That's it. Yep. The flat screen and then the car in the garage. Okay? Yeah, that's Maybe. true. That's true. We'll have some say, right? Yep. Everything else, it's our ladies. Okay? And so 100%. Guys that are watching this podcast, right, we got to be careful because we might go into a Home Depot and buy some flooring cheap and crow to our guys right over a campfire about the deal we got. <laughs> Even though it looks like H-E double hockey sticks, yeah. okay, <laughs> right. um, we got a great deal on it. And you're laughing because we'll crow about that, right? Oh, yeah. While the wives behind us are rolling their eyes, right? Going, man, why didn't I step in and stop him? Okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we are, 
we our customer is overwhelmingly female yeah. in the home. Yeah. Maybe not commercial, yet in the home, which is a majority of our revenue. Mm-hmm. And so that design, that consultative, collaborative process, right? Uh, the the technology that goes into flooring, we're not overwhelming her with that yet. Product that's guaranteed scratch resistant, waterproof, wherever it's going to be used. We're letting her in on that little secret, right? Yeah. Around that technology advantage of certain products. But collaborative and allowing her to shop and helping her find her voice and bright design for her home. Just knowing who our customer is. I think yeah. that's an important point about well, the concept. Yeah, it definitely is. And and I, I like the term you use consultative. So, so we have a custom shelving, custom closet business, and it's a very similar process, I think, to, to what floor coverings is. You know, we go in, it's, it's all custom, right? So it's really about understanding, you know, what is our client not currently like about their setup and then how can we solve that for them? And so it's talking about a lot of different options and, and we have some cool technology where we're able to kind of draw everything out in 3D and help them visualize. And, and I think floor coverings has, has some similar uh, components in their process where, it, like I mentioned earlier, it takes some of the guesswork out. If you're if you're in a big right. flooring outlet and you're looking at little sample cards, it's pretty hard to visualize what is that actually going to look like when my entire floor is covered in it. Like it's Bingo. it's different. So yep. I think that's a, a big part of, of what floor coverings does so well and, and that has been disruptive. Well, Wes, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, we did move to Pixels. Uh, like you'd mentioned, Shaw actually led the charge on that with us. Huge seven-figure investment. And what we actually found is the touch-feel-buy process of the female consumer, right, whether it's the dress, whatever it might be in her home, she wants to see the real live product. So sure. we've gone back, old school maybe, but again, customer-led to real product oversized. Okay. And Wes, like you mentioned, she needs to see it with her lighting and her decor. Right. So, so you bring it to them. Samples. Yeah. She's bringing them home regardless, but us being able to bring it home, put it down on her floor, she can touch it, feel it, see the actual product. Yeah. That we found for our customer was more powerful than the pixels we tried a few years ago. Yeah. Well, that, so that makes sense. And, and we do the same, you know, we bring in yep. demos so they can feel it, touch it, get a sense of the quality. Yeah. And it's that kind of combination, yeah. but Wes here, you may have noticed there's a franchising theme to this podcast and that's because franchising's had a massive impact on my life. And it's the very reason I'm walking my own path to freedom. In fact, one of my companies is a franchise consulting company where I work with people to help them understand franchising and determine if it might be a good fit for them. And if it is something they want to explore, then I help them navigate the entire investigative process and ultimately find a franchise business that's a great match for them. You know, the fact of the matter is there are thousands and thousands of franchise businesses out there today. And like anything, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Even out of the many, many great franchise companies, not every one of them would necessarily be a good fit for you. You know, buying a franchise is a huge decision and you don't want to wing it. I've helped many people buy franchise businesses over the years and my wife and I have bought and own franchises today and we plan to keep investing in franchise businesses. I love helping people understand this process 
and help them find a business that's going to be a great fit for them and help them accomplish their goals and ultimately create that freedom in their life that we're all looking for. The best part of all of this is that my services are free to the people I work with. And while I do love to contribute to charities and other great causes, I'm not a nonprofit. I'm compensated by the franchise companies I work with when I introduce them to someone that ends up becoming one of their franchisees. It's very similar to real estate, but with franchises. I have the privilege of working with hundreds and hundreds of the best franchise companies out there across practically every industry. So I can be absolutely confident that when I recommend someone to look at a franchise company, I'm introducing them to a very credible and proven company with a solid business model and great support. So if you think you might be interested in learning more about franchising and seeing if it might be right for you, I'd love to speak with you. Get in touch with me by email at wes at path2freedom.com, path, the number two, frdm.com. And also check out my website at path2freedom.com, spelled the same way, where I've got a ton of resources, both franchise and non-franchise related, that will help you start down your own path to freedom. And of course, subscribe to and follow the podcast for more great advice about business ownership. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in speaking with me, please share this podcast with them. Thanks for listening to my shameless plug. Now let's drop back into the episode. So I want to shift gears as far as floor covering goes. Let's talk about kind of the business model. And, you know, we don't need to get into sharing, you know, like any numbers or anything like that. But as far as the business model goes, like, like who is the right franchisee for floor coverings international who might you know look at that business and say hey that's a that's a great opportunity for me great question you know candidly Wes, probably the the biggest news here at floor coverings lately's been the female franchise owner which folks may not have expected to hear from me um yet you know it's it's a real collision the home improvement space is largely male right the installers, the the blue-collar worker, and yet the owner-operator as well, largely male, yet you've got a female consumer. Yeah. Huge collision, right? <laughs> yeah. So even though most of our system is our, our franchise owners that are male, uh, there's a coaching and, and training program that helps them be more aware of that female consumer and her needs. Yeah. So our ideal candidate, whether it's a man or a woman, um, have led people. Mm. So they've hired and, of course, with that, fired from time to time. Sure. They have that leadership background. And I like to say, you know, they've got a personality. <laughs> you may not have had sales experience. That's fine. Yet you enjoy people. Um, you look forward to getting more into your community and, and becoming known and getting to know more people in your community because we're very good at helping yeah. our folks accomplish that as well. Those are the two big characteristics we look for in the profile. And, and and so uh, would, would it be safe to assume that, you know, many of your franchisees, they, they don't have prior experience in the flooring industry or oh, even right. in, in, you know, any sort of a home service business? I mean, is that is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To me, yep. it's 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 one of the things that's counterintuitive to a lot of the people that I work with is, you know, if we're talking about these types of service businesses, you know, depending on what their background is, because like you said, you're looking for people that that can lead people that can, you know, build and manage a team, a business like floor coverings and and many of the other what I would classify as home service franchises out there. They're designed 
to be scalable. They're not, you know, right. one man or one woman operations. They're designed to, to be built into large businesses. And so they're looking just like you pointed out with four coverings for, for franchise owners that have the ability and the vision to come in and build a business that's larger than just themselves. And so a lot of times people, you know, whether they've spent most of their career in corporate America or owned other businesses, if they've led, built and managed teams, that that sets them up to be a great fit for, for these types of businesses. But they don't always connect those dots. You know, they would look at something like floor covering and say, Wes, I don't know anything about flooring. I'm not handy. I couldn't install flooring. And my, my response is usually perfect because that's not your that's not your job. If you're installing the flooring in a business like this, you're you're in the wrong seat on the bus. You're, you're spending your time in the wrong place as the owner. You may want to do you know a, a handful of them so you can have that hands on experience. Yep. But certainly long term, it's not your role. I, I'm no. the least handy person you'll ever meet. Like I couldn't build the right. shelving that we sell. I certainly can install it. That'd be a terrible right. client experience if I did. But thankfully, it's not my role, right? So right. I, I just think that's something that's that's hopefully helpful for for those listening out there to hear that you know for a business like floor coverings, you don't need to be a flooring expert. You don't need to have any experience. You know, I know floor coverings has phenomenal uh, systems and processes and great training in place to help their franchisees. Um, so, so I was, uh, you know, hoping to, to have you speak to that a little bit, cause I, I think it's a common kind of misconception. I know that, that I run into. Well, Wes, you and I are on the same plane on so many, in so many ways. Um, you might know what book I'm referring to that specifically speaks to the uh, technician's nightmare, right? The entrepreneurial seizure mm -hmm. leading to the technician's nightmare. What book is that? The E-Myth. Ha! Totally put you on the spot, man. It well, just came through. That's yeah, the the myth. You you have a copy, don't you? I've got like a stack of ten of them in my office right now because because yeah. I send a copy to to everyone I work with that goes on to buy a franchise because I think it should right. be required reading. I try to read it at least once a year. Um, it, it'll never go out of style, but it's it's so spot on. And uh, if we talk about a lot of books on the podcast. I ask every person yes. at the end. So spoiler alert, I ask every person at the end what book they're reading right now. Um, right. But without question, the E-Myth is the single book that has been mentioned the oh, most yeah. on this podcast and, and for good reason. So, yeah, yeah, you're you're exactly right. So we've kind of established, you know, what floor coverings does, you know, how you've kind of differentiated yourselves in the market, what type of franchise owners, you know, floor coverings is looking for and who might, you know, be interested in floor coverings as a business opportunity, you know, talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of the support that goes with that. And, and if you don't yeah. mind, maybe tie into, you know, how being a part of first service brands even enhances that support. Well, thank you, Wes. And, you know, Wes, as I'd mentioned, E-Myth, right, the, the key, as to your last question, the key to success here has been in, in our ability to disrupt has been that our owners are taking a different approach. They understand yep. their role as the entrepreneur is to work on the business. Yep. Hire the technicians. Don't become the technician. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That can enslave you. For those of you watching and listening, to think about what you know or what you love as maybe a hobby and then getting into a business, now you've enslaved yourself. Yep. Right? Because yep. that one thing you know how to do, you'll do. 
But the other things you should do as an entrepreneur, you don't have time for. That's right. So that's really been the secret with FS Brands has been understanding that early, that we need executive mindset, executive people that are going to step in. Now, to your question about support, Wes, um, one of the things we do, well, one of the many things we do that's very different is we recognize the six Ps promoted by the military. Okay? Okay. Proper preparation prevents... Excuse my French here. Piss poor performance. Okay? <laughs> I like the it. Six P's. I hadn't and heard that. Right. I like that. Yeah, it's true, right? So we we realize you're never going to feel like you've come in over prepared for this adventure. Yet we don't want you to come in under prepared. Sure. Okay? So we have this go program, grand opening program, for 45 days before training even begins. There's this pre-training, it's like boot camp. Okay. And our new franchisees are working with a coach that only works with four rookies. Okay. Of, yeah, that is, that is it's like one to 40. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> yeah, four rookies, right. Um, they're responsive. They've got a good amount of their income tied to rookie franchisee performance. I love okay. that. Yeah, so absolutely. And so there's this go program and then our franchise owners come into zoom classroom for a week. And then a week in Atlanta for what a special forces friend of mine describes as live round training. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, yep. Where you're out in the field with live customers using all these things you've learned, yet that safety net, the coaches are there to help you. Yeah. And that yeah. gets that confidence that, hey, I'm competent. Yeah. I can do this. I can do this. Not a fake it till you make it program. Yeah. That's a disaster. Okay. So we have this real strong over – it didn't happen overnight. We've been at this 33 years, this real strong safety net, recognizing that early trajectory is the one you want to be on, Yeah, right? Absolutely. Positive, steep trajectory. Let's get it started from day one. So I, I think that's so, so important for people to hear because in, in my experience working with people through this you know process of investigating – business ownership and and really exploring, you know, hey, is this something that that I want to do and feel confident that I can do? As you've already alluded to, there's a lot of fear that comes with that. For oh, for yeah. every single person that goes through it, you know, even if you've done it before, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot, most of it's fear of the unknown. There's a lot of uncertainty. You don't know how things are going to play out. But what I find is that, you know, for so many people, it's the fear of like the beginning. You know, they can look out yes a year, two, three years and say, no, I, I, I like what that looks like. I'm, I'm pretty confident if I can get there, this is the right decision, but it's the climb out that scares them. Can I yeah. weather the ramp up and get my feet underneath me? Cause in a lot of cases, we're talking about people walking away from salaries and benefits and, and income to go and build this. And, you know, everyone's financial runway looks a little bit different usually. So it's, in my experience, it's right. that climb out that, that really freaks people out. And I get that. I've been there. I'm in the middle of one right now. And it's, it's, yeah, it's scary at times. Um, so I think hearing about that training, that support, you know, that's something that makes a franchise so valuable. If you get in with the right franchise, I know it's something that four coverings does extremely well. And you brought up a good point too, which is that it didn't happen overnight, but with four right. coverings international, I mean, you, you guys have been at this for a while, but you've got a lot of experience and you've really got this dialed in. And, and one of the things I always share with people when it comes to 
you know, the, the value in a good franchise, you know, I explain it to them, look at it as, as kind of a formula, right? You need to understand what does it cost to become a franchisee? What does it cost to continue being a franchisee? And then you need to understand the value exchange. What am I getting in exchange for these costs? And, and the value should always outweigh the cost um, if it's the, the right franchise. And so one of the ways I kind of explain to look at the, the initial fees of becoming a franchisee is you're paying to avoid the mistakes that the franchisor and other franchisees before you have already made. And so the longer right. of a track record a franchisor has, the more time they've had to, to make mistakes and learn from yep. them and, and help their newer franchisees avoid those same pitfalls. So something I just That's wanted right. to, to highlight. And then you combine that with the fact that you're, you're part of first service brands. If you are, as you've already mentioned, multi-billion dollar publicly traded company. And I think that's important because, and, I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. When you're part of this family of brands that owns multiple businesses, there's so many shared learnings that can happen, right? Things that are working well in one business can then be applied to another business and, and vice versa. And there's just, there's a lot of synergy there. And it's not to say that you know, if you own a, a franchise that's part of kind of a standalone franchise system, that that's a bad thing. To me, it's just if, if there's this kind of bigger parent company behind you, that that's yeah. a bonus. That's that's just even more resources, more firepower behind you as an individual franchisee. Well, that Wes, you, you nailed that. I mean, you know, I can. It hasn't been that long since it was March of 20. Right. Yeah. And, and the sky was falling. Right. And yet we were deemed an essential service. And even as we are the fastest growing within FS brands today, man, Wes, what you're talking about in the best of times and what would appear to be the worst of times as we were able to come together and host those group Zooms and department to department across all of our brands share, hey, this is working really well. Right. Adopt it. Hey, we tried this. This didn't work so well, right? Yep. And yet we all realized as a as a family of companies by mid-April, oh my goodness, we've got a tiger by the tail. We got <laughs> rocket fuel, right? Yeah. Let's go. Um, and uh, we were after it. So best of times and worst of times, leveraging that camaraderie and that because we're all in the same family. Yeah, exactly. Better practices, leaning yep. together. What an advantage that, that has been. Uh, it's such a good point, right? And and you know, I've been sharing with people that I'm working with currently, and and have started re working with more recently. I can't imagine a better time to be investigating a specific franchise brand. You know, as we kind of come out of COVID, because you're going to hear, you're going to get to talk to other franchisees that are part of the the brand or the brands that you're investigating. And they're going to share with you what their experience was. And so it, it kind of really spotlights, you know, how how their franchisor supported them through these very uncertain times. And so, you know, hopefully we don't go through something like this again. But for someone looking at a franchise right now, they're going to get a really, really good understanding of how their franchisor reacted and how they supported their franchisees through these difficult times. Um so I, I love, you know, hearing you talk a little bit about, you know, what that looked like at first service brands. And I think it's a perfect example of, you know, why it can be beneficial to, to be a part of, you know, one of these larger families of, of brands. Uh, but you mentioned, you, I think you phrased it, 
what appeared to be bad times, but then you also went on to say, you know, you, you really had some wind behind you, rocket fuel. So, so what has oh, the yeah. last like 12 or 14 months looked like for floor coverings international and, and what's kind of your view for, for not only floor coverings, but also other of these type of, you know, service sure. franchise brands going forward. Wes, it, it was absolutely remarkable. And hey, we all lived it, right? You and I don't yeah. sugarcoat these things. March and April with kids coming back and not having spring break, right? We all canceled our spring breaks. Yeah. And kids were at home. And that continued for most of us into summer. Um, you know, we, we went out and purchased RVs and boats, right? Those were flying off the shelves. Yep. Um, the home became that sanctuary for all of us. It did. Right? And, yeah. and with that, not to sugarcoat it, March and early April were interesting times for everybody yep. in any walk of life. The job, yep. right? The, the, the career, the business they, we owned. And yet, as we came through that, like you said, and realized, oh my goodness, like who would have thunk it a year ago? <laughs> home sales, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's unreal. The yeah. Home sales. And, and, and so, and think about this as homes turn over, people are doing more with their floors as they move into a home that's new for them. So, for all of these reasons, we finished up last year, which is incredible given March and early April were, were you know, we were retrenching, supporting our folks to get paycheck protection yeah, and idle right. loans, 85%. Basically, Every franchisee that wanted the money got it. Awesome. Five percent. Love so it. We charged into spring summer with cash like they'd never seen in their bank accounts, and that further allowed us to leverage. Now, Wes, when we compare where we are today against the same period in 2019, mm-hmm. we're not using 20. That'd be unfair. Sure. Right? Yeah. We had that that you know neutral in March April period of time. Yep. But compared to 19, where we were up big in 2019, we're up 46% on collected revenue. Wow, right? system-wide. Even more than system-wide. We're up even more than that on landed, but produced and collected revenue, we're up right. 46% over a fair comparison of a very good year, 2019. Sure. So there's uh, an optimism. Our CEO, who's been with the FS brand since 1987, Mm-hmm. 87 has said behind closed doors, he's never seen anything like this in all those years of being with FS brands. Uh, and it's going to continue. It's not a flash in the pan. This is continuing the next three to five years. Yeah. I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you and, and I love hearing that, you know, up 46%. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's a massive number. You don't see that very often in any type of business. I mean, I know we've seen it in our uh, custom shelving business. I mean, we were up yep. 35% year over year from 20 compared to 19. And 19 was a great year for us. And we had those couple of months where not a lot was happening in terms of new business right. coming in. And we were just trying to kind of get some clarity on, hey, what is this thing going to look like going forward? So that was really at least a month and a half that that we really didn't produce a whole lot in terms of new business and still had a massive year and, and that that wave is definitely continuing thus far um, in into 2021. So I, I was curious and, and not to take the spotlight off of floor coverings, but sure. I, I was curious to kind of hear your thoughts on, you know, how long you think we can ride this wave in this kind of oh, home yeah. service, home improvement business. So it sounds like you think, you know, it's, it, it will continue 
for a while. I tend to think so too, but look, even take COVID out of the picture, say, say COVID never happened. And we just kind of had, you know, steady, steady growth in, in these types of industries. I, I think personally, and, and I think a lot of other people see this, that these, these kind of service brands, they, they don't go out of style, right? It's not, no. it's not the newest, flashiest food concept that maybe catches on, but maybe a year from now, people have forgotten about it. It's not, you know, a new type of, of workout routine that, that may or may not, you know, stick around. I mean, these are products and services that people need and, and they're willing, I think if anything, more and more people are willing to pay for someone else to come in and do the work for them. We don't have as many DIYers as, as we used to. So for that reason, I think these types of businesses, they're not going out of style. They may not be the sexiest thing out there, uh, depending on your definition of sexy, but um, right. they're, they're not going out of style. The demand's not going anywhere from up. That's, that's my opinion. And it sounds like, like you agree. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, Wes, to what you were saying about sexy or not sexy, you know, the millionaire next door, oh, most yeah. of us have heard of the book, maybe haven't read it. Uh, it's a very well-known book like Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yep. You know, they talk about these dull normal businesses yep. that don't make the most exciting cocktail party chatter. <laughs> Right, but they make the best investments, right? That's right. It's yeah, a good test. Well, a uh, a mentor of mine, I, I won't mention his name, but but you know him, uh, Mark. I've always heard him say he used to work in the the haircutting industry and franchising. Yes. And, and he would always say, you know, look, a lot of people that I was talking to would be like, yeah, this is just not really a sexy business. And his response was, well, it all depends on how you spell sexy. I spell sexy M O N E Y, and this is a very right. sexy business. <laughs> so, right. you know, it's it's all exactly. about perspective, yeah. I suppose. But um, hey, look, I, I know that I've probably kept you a little bit longer than uh, than I should have. I know you're busy, but if you can hang with me for like two more minutes, I, I can't let you get off without sure. sharing some advice because I know this is something that that you and I have discussed in the past. I think it's something that. Not only do you have a lot of personal experience with, but you've been able to help a lot of other people over the years in this regard. And that is, you know, the fear that that we've already talked yeah. about a few times. It's it's normal, right? Yeah. I mean, our, our brains are wired to to resist anytime we're approaching getting out of our comfort zone. So yep. obviously investing in a business and all of the lifestyle changes that come with that, not just the monetary you know, component of this, it's, it gets people out of their comfort zone. And with that comes a lot of what I call FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And, yep. and so, you know, what advice would you have based on all of your experience for the aspiring entrepreneur out there that's maybe really struggling with, with some of this FUD and, and they know that this is what they want. They know that that's what yep. their vision is, but they're, they're really struggling and kind of, you know, taking the leap and, and betting on themselves and any advice. You know, there's great books out there, right? Who moved my cheese? Of course, is a very quick read and feel the fear and do it anyways. These books, my wife and I have read and yeah. paid attention to the, the concepts within them as we fought fear again, which is often false evidence appearing real. Yeah. Um, yep. But piece of advice I have made uh, world of difference for Karen and I uh, in all stages as we've made investments towards the in helping us achieve our dream has been focusing on the dream. 
uh, not being rash or impulsive or foolish yeah. with decisions we've made. That's where you come in as a coach. Yet, as we pursued that dream, it's been more inspiring than the fear's been debilitating. Yeah. And one's going to win. The dragon, which is fear, right, is going to win, or the dream. And, man, I want my dreams to win. So folks spending time and energy, like you mentioned mentor, having mentors and peers around them that are cheerleading. Folks that are negative, there's a term for that. Everyone here can look up called crabs in a pot, right? Yeah, I go to Maine, drag you down. You put, that's it. You put more than one crab in a pot, you never need a lid. Crab pots don't have lids Yeah, because the crabs will keep pulling each other out down from getting to freedom. Sure. So um, watch your peer group. Pick your mentors carefully. Get those cheerleaders that are cheering you on towards your dream. But don't forget the power of vision and dreams uh, that motivate and inspire. Very important. Yeah, that's great advice and and appreciate you sharing that. And I think that was the turning point for for you know my wife and I personally was we just got to the point where we said, look, it's a scarier thought to think that we don't try to accomplish what we want to accomplish than than it is scary to to take that leap. And so I think if you can make that mindset shift where look, there's gonna be fear either way. I'm I'm more scared right. of regret. Right. That's that's become the the ultimate fear for me is, you know, getting to the end of my life and having all these regrets that that I didn't try things that's right. um, and getting comfortable with failure. It's part of learning. It's part of the process. You're not you're not going to avoid it. So get comfortable with it. Embrace it. Um, and, and that should you know help a lot of people push through some of this fear. So, um, Mark, again, really appreciate it. Um, if you can spend 30 seconds more with me, I have a lightning round. These are the sure. same four questions I ask every guest that comes on the podcast, sure. and then I'll let you get back to your day. But first question is simply, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received that could be in business or in life? I think when we boil it down, life's about who you're doing it with. Mm. So pick, pick your partners, your franchise partner, your peers, carefully and deliberately. I love that. I love that. Um, curious, do you have any sort of a morning routine, everything, something that you try to do every morning to prime yourself for a successful day? Well, Wes, it's not a bad second question because, you know, we, the woman we marry, the man we marry, right? Uh, very important, probably most important we decision we make on earth. So one of the things we do is I have uh, some time with my daughters in the morning, uh, then coffee time with my wife, and then uh, I work out. I have a workout. Uh, yep. with p90x it's a there you go. workout that's and intense i'm into my day and i call it running downhill and the one last thing Wes, i always eat my frog first so whatever i'm putting off or don't want to address i address first yep and that routine always helps me run downhill i love my it. day i love it beautiful uh you mentioned a lot of great books uh since yeah. we've been talking i'm curious what book yeah. you're reading right now though well, Wes, you mentioned reviewing E-Myth frequently, right, throughout your years. Um, one of my favorites, and I continue to reread it, is by Napoleon Hill. Think uh, and Grow Rich. That's it. Yeah. And uh, it's a 100-plus-year-old book. Yeah. But, uh, man, the truths are even more so good today than ever before. And I, I yep. so that's, I, these are the two books I try to read once a year. I get something new out of each of them every time I read it. Um, yep. So I love that, man. We're on the same wavelength. Last question. What is yeah. your definition of freedom and are you living it? Well, I definitely am living it. And it's, Wes, I have a phrase for this, plan to live, work around it. 
If you're able to do that, you have freedom. You're still going to work, mm. right? We're still going to pursue and be useful in our days. Yet, if you can plan to live first, build that in, and then work around that plan, you have freedom. I love it. Mark, you're an inspiration, man. I really appreciate you making time for this. Thanks for everything that you do. And I uh, really appreciate you dropping in on the Path to Freedom podcast. I'll link in the show notes where people can learn more about Floor Coverings International, where they can connect with you. So really appreciate you, you dropping in with us. Wes, it was fun, man. You keep up the great work. And thanks for the opportunity. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Cheers, buddy. See you. Bye. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know when a new episode is released. You can also check me out on my website at www.path2frdm.com. And if you want more information about franchising or just want to say hello, feel free to contact me at Wes at Path2FRDM.com. Thanks again. Now go drop in.